Children are highly vulnerable. They have little or no power to protect or provide for themselves and little influence on so much that is vital to their well-being. Children need others to speak for them and they need decision makers who put their well-being ahead of selfish adult interests. This is a quote by Dallin Oates. Hi, welcome to the Positive Parenting Podcast where we believe in strengthening the inner parent and I am your host Kelly Jones and I'm super excited just for us to dive into our conversation today and our topic is don't leave me unprotected. Uh, You know, anyone who's a new listener, I am a single parent. I have a four-year-old son and one of the most amazing things that I've recognized that after giving birth to my son in 2016 is that one of the first inclinations that I have as a parent is to protect my child by any means necessary. And what I mean by that is, is by standing in the gap, being his voice when he does not have a voice, um, standing up on his behalf and defending him, protecting him, keeping him safe from, you know, environments, people, places, things that may be detrimental to his health to his mental health, um, and to who he is as a child. Um, I can say for me working in childcare, you see some crazy things. And today I had a very unique experience at my job. Well, this would be the second time because, you know, you always see siblings. Like, this is a normal and common thing. Me growing up, you know, I got in fights with my siblings. You know, sometimes you got to put some hands on them to let them know, don't mess with me. I may be calm. I may be relaxed. But you stay on your side of the room and I'll stay on my side of the room. You sit in your car seat and I'll sit in my car seat. Don't reach your hands over here and try to mess with me because you may just get some hands back at you. And so one of the things that I've realized is that it's very common that siblings or family members, we get into altercations, we get into problems. And um, today I had a child that was seven years old and his younger sibling was two. He was two years old. And I was trying to finish up, you know, my day-to-day task at my job. And so here I am, like, finishing up, you know, just trying to clean up so that by the time they leave, I get to leave, too. And I hear this terrifying scream. And I'm like, oh, my God, what has happened? So I open up the door and I rush in to the older brother saying, I'm sorry, I was just trying to play doctor. And all I see is that his skin on his uh, index finger looked like it was pinched, like pinched very hard because you could see the indention on the child's finger. And I looked at the two-year-old and I was like, what happened? (laughs) I knew that the boy didn't have many words, but my first inclination was looking at the one who's hurt and asking him what happened. And the older brother was like, well, it was an accident. I was just trying to play with him. And I was like, we're not gonna do that. And I can remember, like, as I tried to comfort 
um, his younger sibling that his younger sibling did not want to be left alone in the room. He was like very clingy to me after the incident had occurred. And I'm a complete stranger, Sam. Like I've only known this child for like a few hours, but he was very clingy to me. And that drew red flags to me. Um, as I sat on the table, comforting his younger sibling, giving him back rub, saying it's going to be okay. Like, you know, I'm going to talk to your mom about it. Um, the older sibling, who was six years old, he looked at me and he was like, don't tell my mama, don't, you know, share with her what happened. And I looked at him and I said, if something was to happen to you, where you were hurt or you were injured or you felt unprotected, you would want someone who saw that, well, may not even have seen the incident occur, but to stand in the gap for you, to be your voice, to say, this is not right and this is not okay. And I told him, because you're older, you're supposed to be there to protect, to nurture, and to love your brother out of all people. And I told him what's not acceptable is the fact that his younger brother is two years old and he's hurt, he's injured. And for you to try to manipulate the situation and to tell me that I should not tell your mother because there are consequences to your actions, that's not for you to decide. You should have thought about that before you acted and grab something to pinch your brother's finger. And I can remember him just trying to go back and forth with me about why I shouldn't say anything and the consequences of his actions. But I told him somebody has to be willing to say that this is not okay. Because I told him the moment you think that it's okay for someone to passively uh, not acknowledge what occurred to your brother, you're going to continue to do this behavior and think that it's okay. And I want to let you know that it's not okay. And I've realized that whether you're a parent, whether you're a caretaker, that it's very important to stand up for your children. It's very important to be that voice when they have no voice um, because they want to feel safe, seen, and heard. And so I wanted to share a few tips on ways that you can protect your child. The number one thing, you can become an active listener, being attentive to what's going on with your child, being observant, asking them what happened to you, not allowing somebody else to speak for your child, but allowing your child to articulate for themselves what happened. The second thing is to engage with problem solving, figuring out, okay, what occurred? Like, what was the problem? Were you hit? Were you beaten? Like, what were you offended? Did someone, you know, like hit you out of, you know, an accident or was it intentional? Uh, the third thing is to set boundaries, to let this to let whoever know that this is not acceptable behavior. This is not okay. And with setting those boundaries, the fourth thing is to be firm, to let them know, no, like this is not acceptable. This is not okay. And here are the consequences to that action because of what you've done. You've hurt someone, you've injured someone, and it's not okay. And the fifth thing to do is to provide comfort for the person who is offended. A lot of the times uh, I realize that the person who is hurt is not comforted. They're not protected. People don't take the time out to empathize and sympathize with the one who is being hurt. So I wanted to come and share with you today. Don't leave me. Don't leave you. Don't leave your children. Don't leave your nieces, nephew 
unprotected that as a parent as a bystander of a situation that has occurred use your voice to speak use your voice to comfort the one who was violated or the one who felt unheard or not safe in a scene or an environment that should have been safe for them so I just wanted to come to encourage you guys that you can be that bridge. You can be that space of safety for someone else. You could be that space of justice, even if it's not a strong matter, even if it's something that seems so small, it can be so big to the person that you're speaking up for. So I just want to come to encourage you guys to say, use your voice because your voice matters and use it to heal, use it to strengthen and use it to build up a person who may not feel that their voice is important. I love you guys. Have a great day.